0: This a huge pop wrestling. Good evening, everybody. This is Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. I'm Scott, your host, Huge Pop. Um, it's been a minute. I've been away. Uh, but our guest tonight, he's made some appearances at CWF Rockwall. His name is Jamie Stanley. He's from Lansing, Michigan, college football player. He has done some um things with NWA since at least 2021. He made an appearance in twenty WWE tryout early 2020. Welcome to the show. He's that dude, the American's jawline. Please welcome to the show, Jamie Stanley. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Hey, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for having me. It is a pleasure, is a pleasure to pleasure. make your comments, and uh, I'm excited to be here.
0: I will say thank you, everybody, for uh, coming. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Nikki, uh, for being here. Um, we will try to get through this. Uh, i've been gone for three weeks um and interesting is this how god works i believe i never until studying today um our guest mr that dude Jamie stanley um him and i have something really in common that i it's pretty crazy um three weeks ago i got the phone call that my mom passed away I, on october 22nd i lost my mom to cancer um thank you for the prayers etc but on that same day Jamie Stanley got a phone call from his mom where his letting that letting him know his grandma passed so if that's not a god thing that brought two two guys together for a water a wrestling interview we could talk all day about grandmas and moms and just throw this wrestling interview away because I can tell by this man and, my, and myself we had some we have loving families um and um I'm sure he's thanking everybody for the support he's getting through this time, too. So bear with us. Um, we're going to get through this interview. Um, thank you, Jamie, for coming and taking the time out um, to talk wrestling, to talk CWF, to talk NWA, to talk everything wrestling and even football. So we're just going to break the ice with this football question. Nikki D and I are from Michigan, and we support the blue and gold. But we have our guest here that. Supports the little brother, so we got a little brother in the room. That's okay.
1: Let me uh, let me just sit for my for my for my tea here.
0: <laughs> you can sit for your tea. Yeah, so I'm just saying, thank you for showing up. You know, no hard feelings. I'm sure. Um, even though we kicked your ass the first in the game this this year, but hey, we're good. Um, we're good, right? You're not gonna leave the show.
1: Well, I. I would I would have hard feelings for that, but everybody else has whooped us this year too. So y- y'all aren't special, man. You're just the just the latest on the list of everybody that's beaten us. So so don't don't take that don't take that too that seriously. Too seriously. All
0: right, I won't. Thank you. So <laughs> so man, let's start at the beginning. Where where are you were? You always a fan of wrestling?
1: Yeah, uh man. I started when I was about 10 years old, uh, it was during the Monday Night Wars. I remember my older brother and I would watch Monday Nitro, and um, I turned the TV on one one week and saw that Hulk Hogan, the American hero, was dressed in all black and had black shades on, and he had dyed his, uh, he, had a, he had a black beard and, and, you know, a blonde, the blonde hair, and was Going around beating everybody up with a baseball bat, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I thought this was the ultimate like American hero, the good guy, and just to see the fact that he was a bad guy kind of drew me in and, and wanted and made me want to uh, see more. And uh, idolized my brother growing up, and he really got into it at that point too, and I did. And I just remember like just sitting on the couch on Monday nights and watching that. It was uh, it was appointment TV, and ever since then I've
0: I've been hooked. Awesome, awesome. So. You were around the WCW era then.
1: I was. I was a WCW kid. Um, we'd watch Nitro. We'd watch Thunder. We used to record every single one on VHS. I'm, I'm dating myself when I say that. And uh, we never watched them back. But my my parents' basement is still back in the corner. There's still a whole stack of un, unwatched WCW VHSs. Um, which I'm sure are not worth any money, but for some reason she keeps them around. So yeah, I was huge, huge WCW fan.
0: NWO fan.
1: Oh yeah, for life.
0: Okay, for life. Yes. So I can ask this question. I usually ask it in the middle of the conversation, but um, there's a TikTok joke that goes around about WCW. Who, in your opinion, is the all-time greatest WCW champion ever?
1: Oh man.
0: Besides David Arquette? There you go. <laughs> David Arquette.
1: I, I knew <laughs> that was going to be the answer. Right? Who who could beat him, right?
0: Right, right. Who could? Probably you, I bet.
1: Well, we'll make it even even, I, I, it, it'd be tough. It, it'd be tough.
2: Oh, my word. <clears throat> yeah, no, David Arquette, definitely not the top. Um, is that echo thing still going on? Not when you not talk. Not when you talk, but when, or, everybody, when everybody else talks. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I got a couple questions. The, the the first one is, and I know you were a fan. You talked about being a fan from the start. Um, your rig names are the, amazing. So you got America's jawline. Like, where did you come up with these?
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, America's jawline, man. So during training one time, um, I was, we were doing, it was during promo practice and uh, one of my fellow uh, students that I was training with, um, it, it was kind of playing off of um, when when Captain America uh, in Avengers uh, said it was, he had America's butt or whatever. And uh, I was just, I just happened to be cutting a promo and like just halfway in through my promo, the, the guy said, that's America's jawline. And I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna steal that from you and act like I made it up myself. So been using that ever since. Um, so that's every time I say it, my my wife just shakes her head. She just like was wrong with this guy. So that's that's just one of them just trying to think out of the box and be ridiculous with it.
0: Where'd that dude come from? Um, I actually heard I
1: forget it was it was on a documentary. It may have been on like like a kobe or maybe like deon sanders or something like that or a tim grover but uh they whoever they were just it might have it might have been the last dance if you guys have ever seen that with the chicago bulls that that documentary um he referred to michael jordan as that dude like the the one that everybody looks up to like he's the man like he's the one that is is the best he's the GOAT. and i was like you know what i i, I like that i've never really heard that before and, like, if he walks in the room, you're like, oh, man, there goes that dude. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking that, too. So I, I've done that, and it I kind of stuck with me. And I'm and, uh, happy I did because it's, it's definitely uh, memorable for sure.
0: Awesome, man. So at what point in your life did you say, yes, I want to be a pro wrestler?
2: Oh, man. So,
1: like I said, I've always been a fan growing up. Um, watched it. I kind of fell out of love with it as I got into high school and started playing other sports um like you said before I played football in high school and played in college as well um still was somewhat familiar with it didn't watch it religiously like I did when I was a kid but uh when I graduated uh college and I was done playing football um there's just kind of a, a void or like a hole an athletic hole in my life that where I was like I don't have any you know kind of competition anymore like that um I was working just a, a sales job and i was like man this is it's cool but like I, I miss being able to go out and, and do something that kind of takes me out of my comfort zone and takes me out of the box so um one night i just happened to be flipping through channels and monday night raw was on and uh john cena was on and i was like man i used to love that so much when i was a kid i always wanted to be you know that was my dream to be a pro wrestler I was like man i wonder how hard it would be to even just like just train like they make it look so easy like, are there even schools around? Like, how how does that even work? So I, I I got on the Google machine and looked it up and found out that there was a, a school that was like three miles away from where I was living at the time, and uh, it was ran by a former WWF wrestler from the '90s. So I was like, well, there's my sign at least to go and check it out. So I went and uh, watched a class, watched a training session, just thinking I was just going to be a, a a bystander, just a just watching it and they they conned me into getting in the ring somehow, and the second I did and started doing running the ropes and doing all the drills and learning the moves, I was I was hooked. So I already kind of knew deep down that was inevitable, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was just kind of a random thing, me watching TV one time, and the the I guess the the flame was was sparked then, and I haven't really looked back since.
2: Nikki, who um, you said it was a '90s wrestler. And, and that's whose school it was that was close by you. Who was that?
1: Yeah, um, so do you remember Wolfie D? Heard of it. He was in, yeah, he was in PG-13. They were in ECW, and also they were in um, the Nation of Domination very early. They were the, the white rapper guys, basically. Nice, nice, nice.
0: What school did you attend? What was the name of it?
1: Um, so the first one that I did, it was, it was Wolfie D's um, House of Champions, and uh, that was in Nashville. And uh, then I also went to Clarksville um, with um, Tried and True Wrestling, or TNT, which was ran by Crimson and, and Bram or, or Tom Latimer in the NWA now. Um, and then I moved out here. I went to Devon's for a little bit, Devon Dudley school in Orlando. So kind of just been a gypsy going from school to school, getting different, I guess, flavors of ice cream, um, for lack of a better term. But, um, yeah, that's where I got my start was just downtown Nashville.
0: Now you talk about, um uh, Devon school in Orlando. There's more schools that I heard yeah. about in Orlando. Do they let people like fans come in and check that out see what it's like? or is that just close specifically to you guys as wrestlers?
1: Yeah, it's close to just wrestlers for the most part. They do have like student shows where they just have like friends and family of the students come in and they can watch them like wrestle in front of a crowd to kind of get their first, uh, I guess, dip their toe in the water um, for like live shows. But, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah.
0: So now everybody hears about uh, school and training and they talk, they, we hear a lot about the bumps and the, the, The body slams etc there's got to be more to that like promos and psychology am i right
1: yeah absolutely um believe it or not just the in-ring isn't isn't even the majority in in my opinion um you have to have a character you have to have good ring or i'm sorry good mic skills um you have to be able to you know talk people into the building um And I think that's even more important because you can be the best wrestler in the world and throw the best dropkick. But if you can't uh, present yourself and sell yourself and and put yourself over in a manner that the fans can connect with, then it it doesn't really matter. So um, I know for me personally, a lot of my success hasn't come from me throwing the best dropkick or, you know, doing the, the craziest moves. Mine is very bread and butter and simple but well my my character is kind of what gets me into doors and it gives me a connection with the fans so i i believe that's very important definitely
0: i've seen some solid promos of you so um i'm gonna gonna play i'm gonna play one later on that um will lead me into cwf stuff so Nikki d yeah
2: that's what i was gonna ask you um you seem very natural, very fluid when I was checking out your promos. And I didn't know if that was something that just came natural to you. Um, because some people it does. It's just a it's like an alter ego and it's or it's themselves with the volume turned all the way up. Or was that something you had to work on for a while? Is you you're very good at it. You just like you don't trip over your words or anything and you just kind of flow. So that's what I'm wondering. If if you if that took a lot of training, if you had to be coached or if that was just natural to you.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. First of all. Um, yes, I did have to work on it when I first started off. I was terrible, terrible at promos and was scared to death to even try them. Um, but like you said, it's kind of, I, I kind of channeled just my inner ridiculousness and, um, I guess it's, it's kind of just how I act like at home, just trying to, you know, annoy my wife or, you know, make the kids laugh, things like that. Like, I just try to be as ridiculous and outrageous as possible and and just be be have fun. Um when I first started off I always thought that they, you know, they wanted a certain thing I was I was kind of playing a wrestler, I guess you could say. But this is just I'm, I'm more of an introvert, I guess in like day-to-day uh life and I'm kind of quiet and can be reserved and kind of to myself. So um this is my chance to like step outside that box and like when the when the red light goes on i kind of just throw everything else to the side and and let loose so um to answer your question yes i did have to work on it but also it was kind of just like finding my inner voice more and more and i found out that i actually was i did have a talent for it once i kind of find out or once i kind of found out who that character was and i could i could hone into that a little bit more
0: awesome so um Other than now that we're into the business and we're performing in with um, different um, promotions, etc. What's training like now? Now that you're out of the school is that on a daily basis, you always at the gym, you need nutrition, great nutrition, it seems like you are by looking at some of the videos, etc.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, nutrition and working out is key. Um, I think that's another, it, you know, it's another huge aspect of getting, you know, your your foot in the door or getting to places where others can't um, is the way that you look. You want to look credible. You want to look like a superhero. Or you want to look like you can beat somebody up basically. Um, so I, I take nutrition and working out very seriously. Um, I have a trainer. I, I, you know, I count all my macros all my calories you know i take account for everything that i put into my body and i am on a very strict training regimen as well um i still do train in the ring man probably at least three or four times a week um i don't know if you guys knew but we actually just opened up a school in orlando um my wife and i we we, we opened up one so i'm we've got our own ring so i don't have any excuse to to not train anymore so i'm in there at least four to five times a week doing doing something whether it's with with the kids, with our members, um, or, you know, we've got people coming in that train specifically with me. Um, So, yes, that is definitely a very, very
0: important part. Rob Rob Vaughn, he brought that up to me this afternoon. He said, ask him about his school in Orlando. So, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it's called called House of Champions. That's what this is right here. Um, So, it's in Longwood, Florida, which is just north of Orlando. We opened up in May. So, we've been Open up just a few months now, um, but we've got a, a great group of members um, they, that have bought into the culture and the atmosphere, and, and then the team um, aspect that we wanted, you know, uh, portray there. Um, and like I said, it's it's my wife and I that opened it up. Um, we took a huge leap of faith. Um, we felt like God was telling us to to do this, and we kind of sat on it for a year, and then finally we were like, you know what? If we're gonna do it, we just need to do it. So we've been extremely blessed. We found a state of the art facility that. Wasn't even on the market. We kind of found it through a friend that we were able to get into um before they even listed it. So um we're we're very blessed with that and we're busy, we're covered up. I mean, I'm there every single day, but that's what we prayed for, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So it's it's a lot of fun and where you learn you learn something new every day, and there's there's never a dull moment for sure.
0: That'd be awesome to see. Um, I need one of those house of champion shirts. I have to, um so yeah, merch, yes, don't
1: you? Absolutely. All right.
0: Nikki D. Yes, yes, yeah. we do. Definitely. OK, Nikki D.
2: Um, your school, which congratulations on that. That is awesome. And that's that's a huge blessing. I'm wondering, is that targeted towards youth? So are you are you bringing the youth in and, and giving them somewhere to go and you're kind of training them? Or is this where anybody can go to um, young or old if they want to get into the business or learn or just for a place to come work out?
1: Yeah, so it's actually both. Um, We offer beginners classes as well as advanced classes. Um, Probably 75% of our members right now, like the first time they got into a ring was with us in May or June. Um, And man, they've come so far just in these past few months. And we're getting ready to do a a student showcase of our own in um, the first part of the year, probably January coming up here. But, like I said, we also do have uh, members that have been wrestling for a few years, um, you know, up to five, six, seven, even 10 years. Um, and we, we we do that as well. So, we're definitely open up to anybody that wants to come, um, not just beginners, because uh, it, it's funny in, in wrestling, a lot of people think that, like, oh, I trained for a little bit and then now I'm starting to wrestle in, in shows. So, I don't need to train anymore. And I obviously just think that's ridiculous because in any other sport, you know, it's not like, you know tom brady practiced for a year and then started playing games and never practiced again so and you know wrestling is no different i think, think you should practice your entire career you should always be training so um we do offer the formal classes for beginners and advanced but we also have uh open ring time where you can reserve a re- you can reserve time in the ring um we're there we're we're one of the only schools in in the nation that i know of that is actually have, we have staffed hours so we're there from 9am until sometimes 10 p.m. on training days. So if anybody wants to come and reserve ring time, whether they're a beginner or, you know, they're a veteran, they can do that and they can they can come in and, and use our ring. They can work out in our gym. They can use our recovery, whether it's the infrared sauna or the, the cold plunge that we have. So we wanted to make it kind of a one-stop shop for all all wrestlers. Thank you.
2: Thank you, D. Nicky, do you have any rebuttal? That is amazing. Like, that is... um that is unheard of and when i was um trying to cut my teeth in the business a long time ago when i was young <laughs> um they didn't like the, the, the wrestling schools i attended there weren't staffed hours you were there um you could only be either when the owner was there and i remember my first wrestling school because i went to mike shaw's um wrestling academy and then i attended dan severance but in mike shaw's um i probably shouldn't say this but we me and a couple of the guys we found out how to (laughs) jimmy the door open so we would get in and we would get extra ring time because you could only work out when he was there and Mm -hmm. and that was it and then it doubled as a kickboxing school too so we were using a kickboxing ring um not or so the ropes were horrible um and the ring was stiff but, you know, we wanted to get that time. And so it's awesome that you do that. You have all of that there. You know, you have staffed hours where, where, where people can come in and get extra time because you you'll never know too much.
1: No, definitely not. And, and for members, uh, for, for our members, it's absolutely free. They, we just have a system where they can they can book it online um, and then it's you know, a certain rate for, for outside people who are not members as well. So you don't have to be a member to reserve the ring as well. But yeah, I mean, we were the same way unless, unless somebody had a key or, you know, the, the person was there, like you, you had to go there during training hours and you couldn't get any extra work. So, I mean, instead of having, you know, three, four, five hours a week, now they can have, you know, up to 10 or even more a week because they're coming in on a quote unquote downtime. So, I mean, you, you the only, thing is to get better like if you're going to have more if you double your time you don't have an option but to get better so we we wanted to to be able to do that just because it's like why not offer it you know if people are hungry and they want to come work out and they want to get better and especially in the off time like we want to help them with that so that's that's a huge reason that we decided to go that that route
0: so prior to 2020 and COVID, you um you were supposed to have a tryout in the wwe did that ever happen or did COVID just blow that away
1: so, man, it was March, I believe, 12th, 2020, that my tryout happened. And if you guys remember, that's basically the same day that the entire world shut down. So um, I had my tryout. Um, we got there the morning um, of, of that that day. And as soon as we got there, they were like, basically, you know what, guys, thanks for coming. We appreciate everybody coming to this tryout. You guys have worked hard. You've made it here. And we appreciate that. But as I'm sure you've seen on the news, the entire world is shutting down and we don't know what's going to happen. So unfortunately, we're going to have to cancel the tryout and we're going to turn you guys around and fly you out this afternoon. So after all the the training and the preparation and the getting ready for this tryout, I got there that morning and just only to figure out that I had to turn right back around that afternoon. So it was a very, very weird feeling. Um, Number one, because it was a bummer not being able to do this tryout that i worked so hard for, but also it's just a strange time because we didn't know what was going to happen with the, with the, with the pandemic and with, with everything shutting down. And even they said the, you know, they said, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but we will be in touch with you guys. Like they didn't know any more than we did basically. So it was just, it was a very strange feeling. And I just remember coming home and kind of doing, you know, what now? Um, so yeah, it, it was very strange. And, had to wait a while until I finally got that rescheduled.
0: Now you did everything eventually you had a match in the underground, right? With uh Braun Strowman.
1: If you can call it that, yeah.
0: All right. So tell us, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, um, so it was, it was a segment <laughs> during the, the pandemic, obviously in the Thunderdome, um, which uh basically uh he just beat the mess out of me and they were we're cheering it the whole time and uh it was, it was very simple he i mean he's he's a great guy i've i've come to uh he, he lives in orlando as well um and i've come to to know him and I'm, I'm friends with him and he's a great guy but yeah just big strong imposing intimidating guy when he wants to be for sure so um that was another thing that was crazy you know i was i was a part of the the thunderdome era and here living in orlando I was just down the street, so whenever they wanted me, I would, I would be an extra for, you know, two, three times a week for probably a couple months there, whether it was at the, the PC for NXT or at the Amway Center for, um, the you know, Raw or SmackDown, but um, very strange, but it was cool because I got to meet a lot of people because everybody was there all the time, and, you know, I kind of became a regular, so got to make a lot of connections through that, and yeah, yeah, Brown was one of them, and I'm, I've been, you know, in touch with him ever
2: since awesome Nikki d oh yeah so you you got to go you said you were you were kind of involved you know in the sense with nxt mm-hmm. and you got to do yes. stuff with them um did yes. you ever have yes. any dialogue with um because i think that's the time when triple h was still involved with nxt unless i'm wrong during that during the COVID period because he had it for a while it was like his baby um, so did you ever have, get to have any dialogue with him or were you always dealing with somebody else?
1: Um, it was mostly with other people, but I did, I had, you know, I did speak with him kind of in passing You know, shook his hand a few times, but, uh, no, like really one-on-one conversations, but yeah, he was, he was always there. He was very hands-on. He was a great, great guy. And, you know, every, every time that, you know, us extras would come in, he'd greet us and shake our hands and they're all everybody there was was very hospitable and just very uh welcoming um whether it was you know the 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 front office or you know the wrestlers or the medical anybody involved you just they were very welcoming and and you felt at home especially during that period because it kind of was our home because we were there you know two three times a week so um yeah everybody was super cool and I, i really don't have anything bad to say about them or even that era because it was definitely valuable experience that any other condition and i guess you would never experience that but i just happened to be at the right place at the right time or the wrong time i guess whether you what however you want to look at it but yeah it was it was really cool meeting all those people and then creating those relationships no doubt
0: so the pandemic obviously there was nobody except for the performers around the ring and in the thunderdome Mm -hmm. and then then now you're dealing with thousands of people watching you on a on whatever whenever you're performing etc what (laughs) kind of psychology does that play in your head was that easy it was an easy transition to leave the pandemic to go into now performing in front of like everybody
1: yes it was very easy because the I mean performing again uh, in front of either nobody or just the other wrestlers it was it was not not awesome (laughs) it was a very uh I guess low energy is I mean the wrestlers would bring energy, but you could, you know, it just wasn't the same as as the fans, you know, because they were kind of they know when to cheer. They they're being told what to do basically, and you know these these tapings would last hours and hours. And when you're sitting there, you know, banging on the, the plexiglass for hours and hours, you eventually get tired. So uh, we were definitely definitely very ready to go in front of real fans again. And um, you guys saw it, you know, the first couple shows, even for the first couple months or even the year every every new town that they went to for the first time since they opened back up it was just like the first time they'd ever seen wrestling you know just the excitement the electricity in the air it's I'd I'd never really like I'm always super grateful for the fans but even even more so after not having any fans that that first those first couple times out there you just you're like oh okay this is this is what I was missing this is what it feels
2: like I'm it
1: feels back to normal now for sure.
2: Thank you, D. So you've been and and excuse me if this is um, rude, but you're how old?
1: I am thirty. I am thirty-five.
2: Think about it. Think about it. (laughs) Um, how old were you when you got into the business?
1: So it was actually ten years ago, twenty thirteen. Um, so I. I, I, it was before my birthday. So I was 24 when I first broke in.
0: Okay. So you've been working with, uh, so do you ever feel that AEW, NWA, and MLW, and even Impact and New Japan would ever come together and work side by side? Would that, that ha- would have to create a big opening for talent? That, because I, I, we, wa- I watched all the shows and there's a lot of talent that I feel at times as fans. Don't either a get used properly or don't get used at all. And so with all these, all these promotions out there, you ever see them ever finally coming together to and work and sharing, sharing different talents or do they already do that?
1: Uh yeah, I mean they, they kind of already do. Um there's the whole forbidden door, you know, between like New Japan and AEW. I know that they work together a lot. I know that NWA and Impact and AEW um have all worked together in some aspect or another. Um and I I think that's great. Um you know, right now I think it's it's the golden era for not only wrestlers because there's so many awesome companies with so many opportunities and and spots open. But Excuse me, but also for the fans because there's so many different products to watch, whether it's you know WWE or AEW or Impact or NWA, New Japan, MLW, you know, whatever it is, um, Ring of Honor, there's just so, so much to choose from and so many different flavors of ice cream. So I, I think that the more that everybody can kind of work together, it's it's good, but also competition, you know, it it you know, it rises all ships. The the high tides rise all ships. So I think that even that is good. Um, instead of just having one you know, one company in town that everybody's trying to get to and everybody else is just kind of waiting. I think it's great to have all these different opportunities and all these different companies for the, for the competition and for the fans and for the wrestlers. So I think right now it's unprecedented. It's, it's great for everybody involved. And I, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of it because there's so many different avenues to go down.
0: So is that dude, um, fixated on NWA only, or do you have your eyes on another promotion?
1: That dude could show up anywhere. Um, So definitely not only married to NWA. Um, Keep your eyes out. He could show up on WWE, he could show up on AEW, he could show up on Wheel of Fortune one day. Who knows, he could be on anything. So uh, definitely keep your eyes peeled.
0: Even Family Feud, right?
1: Even Family Feud.
2: Thank you, (laughs) D. So what is your favorite, um, not to put you on the spot, but what is your favorite organization so far that you've been involved with, that you've worked for?
1: Definitely WWE. Um, That's the goal. It always has been and always will be. You know, they're they're the top dog. And just the way that they have treated me, they've always been great to me. I don't have anything bad to say about them. They've been extremely professional. Not to say that other promotions haven't, but, um, you know, growing up, That's, you know, everybody wants to make it to the WWE. And I think it's great that, you know, AEW has become another option and all these other guys as well. Um, But uh, as far as me personally, I would have to say WWE has definitely been top dog for me.
0: So as a wrestler, you go from, um, you've had WWE experience, you've had had, uh, NWA, even go to CWF Rockwall. So there's got to be a lot of traveling going on here. Is there any story, oh, yes. any cool any cool traveling stories that you could tell us without getting yourself in trouble?
1: Oh man, so I don't know if this is cool. It still breaks my heart um because it's kind of too soon. But um I actually uh mo I, uh, it was in August, I believe. August or August or July. I uh, wrestled in a show in Jamaica actually. Um And it's for a a company that does a lot of Caribbean shows, um, whether it's the Bahamas, or we did one in Trinidad and Tobago, and and we just recently had one in Jamaica. And, um, you know, it's been great. Um, Like I said before, I'm really into fitness and nutrition. So I always take my meals with me and I always pack them ahead of time and then they make it through customs and everything like that. So, I mean, I was there for, yes, it it saves a lot of money too. And I was there um, for a whole week, So I, man, I spent the entire week prior, basically meal prepping and planning and putting stuff in the um, uh, uh, vacuum seal bags and all that stuff. And just I've done it a million times. So I was like, yeah, this is fine. So uh, it comes to the day when we finally get to Jamaica and we land and we're going through customs. And I had my bag full of food that I had spent a million hours prepping the, the last couple of days before and uh, the gentleman, like the, the customs uh, officer, says, "Oh man, we can't do this." I was, what do you mean we can't do this? He's, oh, you can't bring your own food, man. We we don't we don't let it. We don't let it happen. It'll it'll mess up our agriculture. It'll mess up our environment. Something like that. So I kind of was like, "Okay, so what does that mean?" He's like, "I'm sorry, we're gonna have to throw it all away." So there was probably 20, 20 meals in there that I just watched just go down the trash and I just kind of had to sit there and watch. And it was one of those things where like, I just had to laugh because I wanted to cry, (laughs) not because it was, it was that expensive or anything like that, but I seriously spent hours and hours and hours prepping for this. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And so I just saw it literally all get thrown away in the trash. And so I went from that and I was like, well, I guess, uh, this vacation can only get better from here because it's starting off pretty rocky. So that whole rest of the week, I was uh, living off of rice and canned tuna basically um, from Jamaica. So it's, it's definitely a story where I, I made it, I made it work. And um, it's, it's funny to, I guess, sit back and laugh about it now, but at the point I had to laugh because I wanted to cry.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good story for us. Fans to hear because we think that you guys—I mean, at least me—you watch these guys on TV. They, you know, they live the glorious life. But to hear something like that is humbling to me, and my, for, for me, because it puts you guys on a real on a real level, like us. I think a lot. I've met a lot. Well, Nikki D and I've met a lot of um, wrestlers through this whole podcast, and I understand the humble, how humble you guys are, and the stuff that it's not easy doing what you guys do and um to hear a story like that the fans out there that watch they ought to be one okay these guys aren't these multi-million dollar people that just live life of luxury i think it, i think it's a misconception that fans have of wrestlers i don't know if you guys hear that as wrestlers but i think we us fans have a misconception of your guys lifestyle to be honest
1: yeah i mean 99 99- Point nine percent of the time we're either on the road or at the gym or, you know, in the hotel room. Um, obviously what you guys see is what we do it all for, you know, the, the fans and having the shows in front of the crowds and making that connection and stuff like that. But um, a funny saying is like, uh, you know, whenever a promoter pays you, they're not paying you for the show. They're paying you for all the travel and all the things that you had to do to get there basically, because a lot of the times you just have to find out how to do it on your own. Um, It's not like there's a a team bus or, you know, a huge uh, pep rally or press conference or anything like that. Like a lot of times you're either flying yourself in or you're driving yourself in or you have to uh, front the money for a hotel room or, you know, there's 10 of us to a van or we're all 10 of us to a hotel room. It's it's not as cushy and I guess luxurious as some people might think it would be. But I think that kind of gives it a little bit of a charm, too, because it's like we're all in this together and it, it truly is. I guess a brotherhood and a sisterhood because if you can kind of go through all this stuff together, and uh, I guess survive and, and live to tell about and live to joke about it, it, it definitely creates that bond. So, um, you know, a lot of wrestlers f- think that you know they're probably higher up than they than they really are, but then like stories like what I just told, it's a good way to to humble us for sure. Sometimes we need that.
0: Well, I got—I'm telling you right now, after hearing that story and talking to all these guys I have a chance to talk to, I I have mad respect for that you
1: guys are you know, oh. what you guys do so yeah well thank, thank you man. You, it's
2: it's you know, no problem Nikki d what is the best piece of advice you were given um before getting into or as you were getting into this business
1: oh man um i think i think a huge one was work on your body and try to have the best possible look and, and get bigger basically. Um, I think, I think wrestling has made somewhat of a negative trend in the terms of like anybody can do it now, which I think is, it's great, but it's also, it's a gift and a curse because I always, I remember my first trainer, he said, you need, people, if you're going to get into this, you need to get big and you need to look like, a, a wrestler because nobody wants to come to watch a heavyweight champion that their 15 year old neighbor could, could beat up basically. So, um, I think if you want to get in it, you have to look the part. Um, because for me, man, it doesn't matter how good you could talk or how, how, you know, how good you can wrestle. And there are some exceptions that prove the rule. I will give that hundred percent. there's people that, you know, don't have the, the aesthetics that I do that could wrestle circles around me or talk circles around me. But I think if you're going to be the complete well-rounded, like total, total package for lack of a better term, you need to treat your body, um, take your body seriously because it's, it's your resume. It's, you know, how you market yourself. It's how you sell yourself, um, is that eight by 10. So, um, you know, get all the knowledge you can obviously get all the, um, in ring technique and, and, and skill and ability as you can as well, but you also need to, like people are tuning in to see superheroes fight each other. And if you don't have that, that aspect, it it's a disconnect for me. Um, that's who I always gravitated to. So um, especially when my first trainer said that, I, I definitely, definitely gravitated to that, towards that. So looked the part and um,
0: that's, that's half the battle. Awesome. Um, so we're a little bit out NWA. Can you talk to us about, how it is working with Billy Corrigan, Mister Latimer, and what your experiences with NWA? are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so Tom is a great friend of mine. Um, he, I trained with him in, in Clarksville, as I said before, and he's he was a big uh, proponent in getting me um, a look in the NWA. Um, he he put in a good word for me and gave me the email of some guys at NWA that I got in contact with. And uh, I, I owe that all to him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there without him hundred percent. So he's, he's a great friend of mine, a close friend, a lifelong friend. So I got nothing, nothing but love for Tom. Um, as far as Billy, he's been great. Um, Very down to earth, very uh, humble, very easy to talk to, approachable. Um, he's open to listening to any type of uh, feedback or any type of ideas or questions that you have. You know, he's always out there hanging out with us and you know, uh, cutting it up with us. It's not like he's, you know, shut away in an office where you can't reach him or you have to sit and wait for hours for him to let you in or for him to come out. Um, he's always out there, you know, mingling with us and whatnot. So I, you know, I've I've got great respect for him and the, the fact that he's running a successful wrestling wrestling company while also being the front man and being a rock star at the same time, like talk about a double life, man. Like, I don't know where that man finds time to sleep, but, uh, Whatever, whatever drug he's on that you know, makes him limitless and keeps him going and gives him the adrenaline, man. I want two of them because he, he is definitely inspirational and in the fact that he is able to get all that done and with excellence for sure.
0: What about the real dudes? The tag team. Yeah,
1: so – I- Yep, yep, yep. When I first came in, um, it was me and, and Sam, Sam Adonis, and we were the rude dudes, and uh, we we uh, tagged together for a little bit. Um, and he was very gracious as well. Um, he's been in he's been in it for a while. Um, he's done a lot of great things in Mexico. He was with WWE for a while as well. So man, to just sit and and pick his brain for a little bit um, while we were a tag team was great. He taught me. Not only about you know tag team psychology, but also just wrestling in general and good life lessons, you know, whether it's being on the road or uh, dealing with politics or how to you know present yourself in certain situations. I got nothing for love with uh, for Sam as well. I haven't seen him or talked to him in a while, I know he's super busy as well. um but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun because I hadn't really done tag team tag team wrestling before that, and I think that's a very good skill to pick up because um it's it's so different from singles wrestling. so uh, just be able to sit and, and pick his brain and, and learn from him was was invaluable.
0: Awesome. So I, before I let Nikki D ask another question, I got two names I'm going to drop that are I know that I have experience with the NWA. Just, just curious if you know these guys, Koa, Vince. Uh, yes. You know,
1: yeah. I'll yeah. Like yeah. Um,
0: yep. 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 I. I. Um,
1: he's been in a, on the last couple loops with us. Great guy. Yeah. I've I've worked some matches with him, and yeah, he's he's a great dude. He's He's, he's got a great look as well. He's, he's a very, very good dude.
0: And Cody James, he came
2: up with them too.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't know him as well. Um, but you know, the interactions that I've had, he's been a great guy. That's, that's the thing about NWA It's like, it's a great locker room. There's, there's really no clicks. Like everybody just hangs out with everybody. Um, there's, there's not a lot of like, uh, egos or, you know, there's, there's a lot of big personalities, but we still work together to try to help each other make the best product. So that's that's a, a great thing about NWA is like everybody's just everybody's friend and you can go and you have people that are hanging out that you never thought would hang out or they might not even hang out outside of NWA. But when we're all in the locker room together, we're all even and we're all equal. So that's, that's a great, great thing to have for sure. And it's not very uh, natural or it's not very common in wrestling, I guess you could say.
0: No, I I have to say thank, thank you for um saying that and um I just let you know you're part of the Huge Pop Wrestling podcast family now. They are they're just Absolutely. like they are thank you for coming on and um I just they they're so cool when I posted about my mom passing one of the first people was uh Koa to say hey man I'm so sorry you know. So you are part yeah. of you are now that you're on my show on our show you are part of the family so welcome to the Huge Pop Wrestling podcast family um and Nikki D you got any more?
2: Um, So you've done a lot in singles competitions and you've been part of tag team um, matches. So I'm wondering if you have um, this is a two part question. So if you have an all time favorite match so far because you're not done, obviously. So if you have an all time favorite match so far and everybody has one, a least favorite match, not to put you on the spot, but.
1: Yeah, um, man, I remember one, one of my favorite matches that I've had, uh, recently, at least within the past couple of years was on NWA against, uh, Bully Ray. Um, and it was because I've always, you know, I mean, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously he's, he's one of the, he's a legend and, um. In, in person he's a very very kind person but he can kind of come off as being intimidating he's a man of few words and so when i when i found out that i was going to be going up against him i was like oh shoot man i i don't know what to think so i kind of went and talked to him and we we you know we we planned it out and like i said he's a man of few words so i was like i don't know if he is just having a bad day or if he hates me or if that's just how he is and i, I found out that you know through through the match he was very giving very gracious um he had a lot of great feedback you you know he's he's very very easy to work with but uh the fact that i got to to work with a legend like that man it's it's something that was on my bucket list and i'll never forget so that was definitely one of my favorite ones especially recently um man as far as least favorite there has been a lot (laughs) especially early in my career um i would say man i think it was during my first year when i was still you know just doing local stuff for a hot dog and a handshake, basically. And it, I, one of the shows that I would wrestle in was at a pole barn, um, that basically had a dirt floor and is out in the middle of nowhere in, in Tennessee. And it was before I even, I, I didn't even belong in the ring really yet. I still was training. I, I wasn't polished, anything like that. And I wrestled against this guy who I don't even remember his name, but, uh, for some reason we had to go longer than I thought we, than, than we thought we did because somebody else was late to the show or, or, you know, something like that. It's, it's wrestling. So there's something, there's always something. So uh, for some reason they decided to turn into a hardcore match. And um, this is when uh, my wife, I think it was the first is one of the first uh, matches that she was able to, to come to. And uh, it turns out, we, we had this hardcore match and what i mean by hardcore match is i just got hit with a chair a bunch of times and he was safe um i mean he uh, you know i didn't get hurt or anything but uh it was it was an eye-opening match because i was like man okay welcome to welcome to wrestling kid you're you're just gonna take this and i didn't get hurt and like i said he was safe and he was fine but um to do that in in, in front of you know 15 20 people it felt like in a a dirty barn in the middle of Tennessee definitely something that was was more fun to look back on than say I would go and do it again this weekend we'll put it that way (laughs)
0: awesome (laughs) awesome. Elijah Burke you got some experiences with Elijah Burke how was that
1: yeah man I love Pope man nothing nothing but good good things to say about him I, I actually wrestled him um at the show in Jamaica that I was talking about but yeah he's man I've got nothing but respect and love for Pope man I mean he's helped me out so much whether um it was working with him at NWA or um he's got a a charity um in Jacksonville that he always has me come wrestle for and I I love doing that it's uh, every couple months we do that um but yeah just to sit and pick his brain he's very very gracious very kind very giving and uh, that was another bucket list thing, being able to wrestle with him because I just, you know, I just sit back and listen and kind of let him take the reins. And he, he is a, a pro's pro. So um, I actually am, am going to be uh, wrestling at his show for his charity in January coming up. So really excited for that. But, yeah, nothing nothing but love for that guy.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I would
2: um Nikki D. So what is the the ultimate goal? Um, as as it pertains to your career. And then when do you feel like, well, I hate to ask it this way, but eventually like the body and you take care of yourself, which is fantastic. Um, But the body can only take so much. So how long do you plan on doing this? And do you have anything planned afterwards?
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm blessed enough to I have a a four year college degree, I have a a business degree um so i could always you know fall back on that if 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 need be um and also with the gym um you know us opening the gym that's definitely um something that i can do forever you know whether it's you know training guys or uh you know whatever whatever we want to do with that um but uh yeah i mean the goal is to to be wwe champion Um, that's, that's been the goal since day one. And that will always be the goal until I, until I accomplish it. So, um, I don't give myself a timeline because I hate to do that and have it come and go in case that happens. And I know that, you know, God's timing is is different than mine anyway. So, um, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 10 years from now, I know I'm just going to keep following, following the man upstairs and tell him what he has me to do. Um, and as long as I'm able to, to be healthy, uh, thank God and, and still love what I'm doing and have a passion and a purpose and a fire with it. And I'm able to go and make that, uh, that connection with the fans and make a difference in, in people's lives. I I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I know, you know, the body breaks down and especially in wrestling, man, our bodies are not meant to do what we put them through, but, um, I've been super intentional about rest and recovery and nutrition and, and trying to. I guess, stop father time as much as I can. But, um, you know, that's that's always always been the goal is to just keep going until the proverbial wheels fall off. And hopefully that ain't going to happen anytime soon.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I have a few more things before we get to CWF because I really have a lot to talk about. I want to pick your brand in CWF. Let's talk about the sure. fans. How important are the fans to you, the merch table, the meet and greets, and any cool interactions that you've had with fans since you've been doing the business?
1: Yeah. Yeah, fan. I mean, fans are why I do it. Like I said, during the pandemic, it was extremely tough because the fans are—they are they're our lifeblood. Like this, they—they are our uh, livelihood, like both, you know, uh, metaphorically and literally. Um, but uh, yeah, just to be able to, you know, see the smiles on the kids' faces, or even when I'm when I'm a bad guy, having people boo, and you know, have you. That, that back and forth with people like that, like that is, it's entertainment. It's, it's showbiz. It's putting on a show and having people react to what you're putting out there. And, you know, they can either take it and run with it or reject it, but there's, that's there's, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I played football, I played sports growing up, I did all that stuff, but there's nothing like performing in front of a live crowd like that um, in an entertainment uh, aspect. Um, and it's almost I think it's, it's the best high quote unquote you can get because it's just made you become addicted to it because it's, it's so fun, especially when you try new things and you can see that they click or they work or, you know, well, this thing worked here, that thing worked there, but the the connections and the interactions and the relationships that I've made with the fans over the years, whether it's, you know, in the ring or at the merge table or on social media, you know, I have people um, always uh, messaging me, telling me, you know, the way that I share my faith really impacts them or the, things that my motivational posts or um, even my stupid funny promos that I put out, like that they love, you know, it's just, it's so, it's so cool and it that that interaction with the fans is, is second to none. So that it's the reason why I do it. So it's, it's, it's top for me.
0: Awesome. And I asked this question, the next question only because I had a chance to talk to Tokyo monster Kahegis, um about a <laughs> month ago and we talked about brotherhood. In the business of professional wrestling paying your dues back to the business what's that like to you for and to be brotherhood and um paying it back
1: yeah i mean brotherhood is you we can't we wouldn't be able to get through it unless we had each other because wrestling is ridiculous the things that we have to go through the things that we have to do and we're asked to do and whether it's in the ring or you know the travel or getting all your meals thrown away or, you know, whatever it is, you know, like it, it's, it only happens in wrestling. Um, so the, the, the bonds and the stories and all the the relationships that you create with the other wrestlers, um, you, I mean, you do life together. You a lot of the times you see them more than you see your actual family. So they become your family, um, in those miles and those shared experiences out on the road. Um, you know, you, you can't formula, you, you know, you can't, you can't make that up. You you, you just need to go out and do it. So, I've met some of my best friends through wrestling and I'm extremely grateful for that. And, um, you know, friends that will be lifelong friends. Uh, as far as, far as paying back to the business, I I think that's extremely important. Um, I always tell myself that I'm never, to never take myself too seriously. I'm never too big. I'm never too much of a star to help set the ring up or, you know, help put chairs up or anything like that. I know that there are a lot of people that sometimes, think that way but i think that you'll notice like the top top guys are usually the most humble usually the most gracious the most outgoing the most helpful and that's the reason that they got there i i, I truly believe that the good people in the business are the ones that last and the ones that really enjoy the true lasting success because um you know i, I think that god honors that you know I, I think that um for me i just i, I want to set the example of you know whether it's me at a show or on the road but also with the school like teaching the next generation how to act and how to conduct themselves and how to you know present themselves as a business or how to talk to promoters or how to go and help with the ring setup and, and meet new people and things like that because there's a lot of th- things that i and you know my generation the generation leading up to me we had to learn by ourselves and you know that's good or bad but you know a lot of the times we had to do it you know, trial by fire so the more that I can kind of put my arm around these guys and say, look, when this happens, maybe do this or this is how you should conduct yourself or things like that. It'll save them a lot of heartache and maybe it'll save them some years that, you know, they wouldn't have to go through if, if they didn't have that that, uh, um, you know, you know, people with that advice. So I, I think that it's extremely important to give back to the business that's given so much to me.
2: Thank you. I I love that you said that too, because you're, I I remember um, in the beginning for me, I didn't know that I would have to help set up a ring and tear down a ring. And I didn't know how to do that, but you were just expected to do it. And so you got in there and you did it. And the fact that you're going to take the, you know, the, you know, the youth, that you're training and they're looking at doing it and you're saying, hey, you know, this is what you could, you know, potentially you're gonna run into this and you're gonna run into this and you're giving them all that advice. That's a blessing. That's a huge blessing for them because they're gonna understand. Even some of them who come in, who may potentially have like a, a big ego, cause some of them do when they start or they think I'm going to be, they have, they have those um, delusions of grandeur, you know, where they're like, I'm gonna be the number one top star in the world. And you just kind of, hey, this is how it's gonna be, okay for a while um like i asked you that question about advice the, the best advice that i was given was do it because you love it don't do it for the money and i needed right. to hear that because in my right. mind i'm going to make six figures in like a couple of years and yeah that never happened <laughs> so i love yeah yeah no, yeah, yeah
1: no, yeah well thank, thank you man and it's it, they it's it's so funny wrestling's so silly man they expect you to just know these things when you're never taught so the the more that we can kind of Cut off the middleman there, the better for sure.
0: You know, I have um, foster kids. I told you that in the beginning. So they came up with some questions. It's going to be real quick, quick questions. And we'll get to CWF. So favorite movie.
1: Favorite movie is The Dark Knight.
0: Favorite sports team.
1: Unfortunately, right now, this year, Michigan State Spartans.
0: We'll pray for you.
1: Thank you. We need it this year.
0: Favorite wrestler of all time?
1: Oh, man, that's a loaded question. But if I were to have to say one, I'd probably be Hulk Hogan. Favorite food? Uh, Anything fried chicken, uh, chicken tenders, chicken wings, anything like that.
0: I'm a sucker. Does pineapple belong on pizza?
1: Absolutely not. It's sacrilegious.
0: Favorite video game?
1: Probably, and I'm dating myself again. uh, The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time for Nintendo 64.
0: Wow, that's good. (laughs) Last one, the kid want to know: Do you acknowledge the tribal chief?
1: I mean, I have to. There's no other choice, man. He's 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 the goat right now. How could you not?
0: All right, so CWF time, man. I'm gonna play a video that I found. Um, And then I'm gonna ask the question regarding this
1: last Saturday. So here's the video. All right. Bravo, bravo. Congratulations, Mr. Guardian. I hear that you just won a championship at CWF and congratulations are in order, but also a warning is being issued because I'm coming this weekend. Yeah, I'll be there at CWF Eternal. And every time that I come, I want gold. And every time I have a match where there's a championship involved, I win it every single time. So Mr. Guardian, you better guard that championship real close because I know a guy, or rather a dude, who cannot wait to take it from you. So enjoy your time as champion Because this Saturday, the real champion arrives. See you soon, buddy.
0: Saturday, you had that match against the Guardian. I know the outcome because I have people that I talk to on CWF. What happened that night?
1: Well, first of all, man, that guy is arrogant, isn't
0: he? He is.
1: I don't know who he thinks he is. Um. Well, (laughs) Saturday, I had the match won. I had him rolled up for one, two, three. And the ref, I don't know what he saw, but he was obviously blind because he thought that I had my foot on the ropes for leverage. So he called the, the count off when I had him pinned for one, two, three. I should be the champion right now, but unfortunately for some ref who probably should have his license revoked that that didn't end up being the case so unfortunately boys and girls i'm sorry to tell you i didn't win that match but uh that story ain't over and i will
0: definitely be back so should cwf be put on notice that that dude jamie stanley will be back to collect gold
1: oh they they i already did, the, i didn't leave that 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 place that night without letting everybody know that it was a miscarriage of justice and that i wouldn't stand for it and the next time that i'm back they will be held to pay
0: how if at all does does did your religion prepare you for training to be a professional wrestler oh man um well
1: i think that it's helped me because pro wrestling you know it's entertainment and the entertainment business can be a very dark dark place um you know it's all politics it's all subjective and it's all uh vain and, and cosmetic and aesthetics and you know things like politic and things like that so um i think that it's helped me to not get down in like the nitty-gritty and the muck in the mire and you know play those games and try to politic i just i try to do the best that i can uh with what god has given me as far as you know my body and my nutrition and my health, um, obviously my wrestling, I'm still training um, all all the time. Uh, I still work on my promos, my character, all that stuff. So I I, I just try to control what I can control, which is the, the product that I put across. Um, and I know that there's, you know, backroom conversations and there's politicking and there's people undercutting and undermining and trying to bury each other. And I don't ever get involved in that. I try to stay above it and uh, it served me so well. I feel like the good Lord has definitely um, protected me in things that I I could have gotten hurt on or or burned on and knock on wood, I've I've been, you know, 10 years ago I started training and I've I've come out still to this day, relatively unscathed. So I'm super blessed. I feel like there's been a hedge of protection around me um, that, that wouldn't have been there unless, you know, God was looking after me so um it's given me the perspective to just see that you know wrestling or any uh vocation i guess isn't the be-all end-all because there are there's bigger and better things out there for sure so not taking that too seriously not taking myself too seriously and uh just just having kind of an internal perspective instead of the day-to-day uh drama
2: that wrestling can bring if that makes sense
0: Nikki, do you have any questions regarding CWF?
2: Yeah, your um, because you perform all over, and your your faith is what you use, and you talk about the hedge of protection and everything. And we're also called to be led by the Spirit. Now, when you're with CWF, that's one thing, but if you're performing somewhere else. Um, perhaps you're surrounded by you know a locker room of people or maybe there's quite a few people who are non-believers and they're gonna act a little different did you ever have a situation where um, you were possibly tested to where somebody got really upset or you almost came to blows or something like that or have you never had that happen at all
1: um not not because of my faith um obviously in wrestling there's nonsense and there's you, you, you there's there's prime uh you meet a lot of characters i guess you could say so there's a lot of craziness going on there um but i actually think that my faith and my my outwardness with that faith has almost put people it's helped people be more at ease with me i guess um and you know i i don't stand on the soapbox and preach with a megaphone or anything like that. I I let just the way that I treat people and my love for people do the, do the talking, I guess. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Everybody knows where my heart lies and and what my faith entails, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, browbeating anybody with it. And I'm, you know, I'm always working hard and I'm kind to people and I treat people with respect and uh, you know, I'm always have a good attitude. So I, I think that it's actually helped, um, Endear people to me because um, they know that they can trust me. That they know that they can confide in me, and they know that I'm never going to do anything that goes against my my beliefs, my values, my my integrity. So um, I think it's kind of rubbed off on people. You know, they're I guess for lack of a better term, they're on their their best behavior around me, um, not because I do anything besides just try to be myself. But I think that they it's almost like my, my faith brings everybody to a higher standard uh, in a locked room just because um, it's excellence. I mean, that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to do our best and, and love each other and be kind and do everything the right way. So I think uh, people see that in me and it kind of rubs off on them. And whether they know it
0: or not, they kind of aspire to do the same thing. If That makes sense. Absolutely. You know, and I'm glad you shared that because that answered the question I have written down. I know I've read some stuff on you. You you mentioned Matthew 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. That what you just talked about resembles what that verse says to me, anyways. You are this person that people look at as a superhero or whatever. And for you to be as positive as a person as you can be in the business, that that shows people something and that means a lot to me anyways, knowing you as a, as a uh, man of God and as a professional wrestler, that means a lot to me. So now I understand why in some of your stuff, you mentioned Matthew uh, 5, um, 14, yeah, Matthew 5, 14. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, it, like I said, it's a dark industry and anything that we can do to try to try to lighten it up, man, it, it needs it. And you know, whether it's the fans or the wrestlers, a lot of them are searching, whether they know what they're searching for or not. Um, but that, I think that's another reason that they gravitate towards that as well. It's because everybody's everybody's looking for something. And, and this is obviously, as we know, it's the only real, subs, you know, substance that is, is true. So it's um, I think that's why it's gotten a good, good rap as well.
0: Right. And I, I'm just glad to, to share this with you. I don't know if it, if I'm out of line. Tell me, please. But you and I share a similar thing. You lost your grandmother on the same day I lost my mom. I don't know how where you're at with your struggles or grieving with this, but the verses I um, I laid on was Psalms 30, 11, and 12. You turned my wailing into dancing. You, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with with joy, that my heart may sing your pa- praises and not be silent. Lord, oh my God, I will praise you forever. I read that on the day my mom passed away, and I remember when my pastor that I Studied under his wife passed away, and he would talk about singing joy, praising God in that darkest moment. And I don't know if that means anything to you, but if, to me, dealing with about the that loss of my mom, it was cool because at the funeral, I heard all these stories about my cousin that with the interaction with my cousins and my mom, my uncles and my mom, and it was so it was it made the day so fun because they were bringing up joy. I just like how God brings people together, like you, Mickey D, and myself, to just talk what we thought would be wrestling, but to share our hearts like that. And I just wanted to share that with you, um, Jamie, that uh, you know, we can turn this morning into joy if we by remembering all these awesome things that our grandmother or our mom or whoever passes, if we can remember those things, that makes it a little easier. Not it's not easy because I, I cry on a daily basis, I ain't gonna lie but that verse helps me. So I don't know if that would help you, but I but I thought I should share that with you. That's just what I've been in my heart for the last five minutes. So I wanted to share that with
1: you. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, man. That, that means a lot. And you know, uh, I will say that losing a mother is probably a lot more than losing a grandmother. Um, Obviously she was a big part of my life, but you know, I still have my mother. So I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And uh, yeah, it's, Iron Sharpens Iron man like we're we're meant to do this together we're not meant to do it alone um and it's it's just funny how you said you read that on that day it's it's funny how like god gives you exactly what you need like when you need it um I've, i find that out all the time so um just yeah man uh, so much comfort in 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 his his word and although it doesn't make it easier right, it, i think it makes us stronger to to be able to endure these types of things
2: absolutely your d and the I was going to add to the, you know, we have that hope also of being reunited with them again. So certainly Mm -hmm. if they, if they have their salvation through Christ, you know, as we do, then it's tough, you know, when you lose somebody here, but then you also know, Hey, this isn't the end, you know, because I'll get to, we'll be rejoicing together in the presence of the Lord. And that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's how my grandma was, too. She was saved. Um, she was ready to go at that point. She said, you know, she wanted to just go up and be with Jesus and be with my, my grandpa, who had already passed about two years earlier. So that that made the whole process easier. So, um, you know, we, we do have that hope that, it, you know, it's not just this world that we have to worry about. It's just the eternal perspective. So, yeah, man, thank you for sharing that.
0: So the locker room in CWF compared to the locker room in NWA, and you've already said the NWA locker room is pretty chill and you guys are supportive. Is that the same thing as it's that you, what you experience in the CWF locker room?
1: Yeah. CWF is great, man. Um, obviously, you know, it's got Christian in the name, so it's very Christ centered. Um, and it's super cool because we come together and, and before the show, we fellowship and uh, we pray and we, we listen to some worship music um, and we do the same thing after. So, Um, you can tell, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies and there's a lot of things out there that just slap the word Christian on there that don't really, I guess, walk the walk. They just talk the talk, but Rob is, is great. Him and Beth have been so hospitable and they, they definitely, um, they have integrity. They, they walk the walk, they live the the way that they speak. So, um, you can tell that the, the atmosphere and the culture that they made, the people have bought into it and, uh, it's great because everybody's authentic and everybody is vulnerable and you know, sharing with each other and, and just fellowshipping with each other. And, and the, the atmosphere there and the culture there is what I try to emulate at, at our school. And so it was, it was just, it was, it's just is funny how we got ahead of meet at the right time because I, I'm able to pick his brain and take advice from him and ask him questions about things that I probably wouldn't have even thought about um, before seeing it in action. So he's been extremely helpful with, uh, you know, help shaping me as a man, as a mentor um, to me, but also with, with the school and how I want our culture to be as well. So extremely grateful and, and love it. Every time I go there, um, they're super welcoming, all the people in the locker room. Um, it's, it's a family, it's a brotherhood. It's a, it's, you, you feel at home and they, they, they just make it so easy. So I, I love it there.
0: So do you ever see a, invasion angle from your school going to rock wall and taking over that belt that you want with the help of like a nwo takeover
1: well i mean we've we've done that with with promotions around florida and we've got 27 guys that are ready to go throw down so i mean never say never
0: there you go so are you a fan of these guys
2: The way so
0: you're fans of the Bible Club.
1: The Bible Club. They yeah, they were there. Um, you know, they they work hard, they put on a good show. Um, yeah, yeah, man. They've got a catchy, catchy uh entrance music. Um I think that they come to me to get my autograph more often than not, but uh yeah, they're they oh. pretty good.
0: Oh, okay. I like, I think Fitz isn't in the room, so that's that's easy to
1: say, right? Which if Fitz was in the room, you wouldn't be able to see me because that dude is, is giant. But he actually, man, I don't know if you guys have seen him lately, but he's lost so much weight and he looks great. I was talking he to him so- the other day. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I was talking to him and, and just man, it's like every time I come, it's like he I was like, Where's the rest of you? So he's he's been putting in the work, man. He looks great.
0: I see his videos all the time on TikTok, on Facebook. And he looks—I mean, I interviewed him about two months ago. He looks so much different now than when I interviewed him. Every first. time, like, yeah. What the heck, dude? Hanging the mess yeah. with him. so no, he's doing great. Um, what's your? Uh, okay, so I—I was—I looked—I listened to an interview of yours, and you talked about burn the ship, following the dreams, and burning the ship. I was intrigued by that, so can you talk to us about what that means to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the the, the, there's been a lot of people. um, Whether it's you know, I think it was um, Hernando Cortez, the uh, 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 conquistador. uh, Whenever he would go to a new place, and he would have his army with him, as soon as they landed on the island they would burn their ships, So there was no escape. So they had to go forward and they had to fight and they had to put their best foot forward. And um, I just, man, I really, that really resonated with me. Um, I mean, we moved down to Florida in the middle of the pandemic, left all of our family back in Tennessee, left our jobs in Tennessee, didn't know anybody down here. And it was to chase this crazy dream. Um, Looking back is the, one of the greatest things that we've ever done, but at the time it was scary. Um, So that's one of the things, um, obviously, opening up this wrestling school is another huge leap of faith. And, uh, I, 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 you know, when when there's no real plan B, it makes you go all in on plan A. So I think that as far as burning the ships or burning the boats, that's that's the only way to do it, because if you have kind of one foot in and one foot out, you're not going to go at it 100 um, percent. So actually, in our in our living room, we have a huge mural of ships burning and people are coming in they are like, what, what's that about? Like you wouldn't get it, you wouldn't understand. Um, so it's just a, a constant reminder of like we did it once, we've done it twice, and it's great, but like God calls us to to take up our cross daily and and do these things and and walk with him and take you know, step out of the boat onto the water, um, uh, whatever you want to say. So um, I think that man, it's it's the only way to live. Um, and it doesn't get any easier, but you kind of get stronger and you kind of look back at God's faithfulness and and say, man, well, he's, he's been with us before. So here we go. I hope that he's with us us again. And um, I'd rather step out of the boat and and sink for a little bit than, you know, be on my deathbed and and say, man, I wish I would have done that. I I didn't even try to do that. You know what I mean? So to, to try and to fail is is better to not try at all. And that's, that's burning the ships for me. It's, it's a family motto.
2: Okay. Nikki D. You know, when, um, fitness, um, strength training, I personally, I don't count numbers, i like to go to failure. Because if you have that number mentally, you could give up or that's going to be like, you know, where you you might inadvertently stop when you get there. And I love that you said that earlier, you don't have an end age, you don't have like a, a time that you plan on stopping because in your mind, you're, you're going. And now that makes even more sense to me that you mentioned burning the ships, you know, there is no plan B there's plan a, you know, this is it. And this is what you're doing. So I, I just thought back on when you said that earlier, because that makes complete sense as to you, the the way that you're driven and why you're driven and, and why you do the things that you do. So I thought that was pretty cool. That just popped in my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. It's, um, you have to be relentless in attacking your goals, and if you, whether subconsciously, like you said, if there's a if there's a plan B, you know, obviously we're called to be, you know, responsible and, and hedge our bets a little bit, and you know, it's not like I sold everything and I went and bought a wrestling ring, you know what I mean? But um, I we've made some crazy from the outside, some crazy illogical moves to continue to chase his dream, and I think that not number one that makes the best stories but number two like you're not going to get what you want without a little bit of discomfort without a little bit of pain without a little bit of stepping outside your comfort zone and and stepping outside the box so um you know how you do one thing is how you do everything i i i would say so um if you do everything with like relentless intensity and you're resilient and you don't let things you know you don't take no for an answer um as far as, as long as you know you feel like god is calling you to it i think that it's, it's definitely gotten me to where i am at this point and i'm not done yet so i'm i'm gonna keep going until i get a hard stop one way or another so yeah i think i think that's 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 definitely how i try to live my life definitely
0: i have a couple more two more things i hope i'll be quick about it um uh i i know you know i watched your facebook page and um this was interesting to me. You post up there, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in our own power. We are weak, suspectable, and temptation, and limited in discipline. And then it goes on top of the Holy Spirit. But you also, you paid huge tribute to your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And that is honorable. To be sitting in front of a guy that did that. I mean, you went on and said a tad late in posting this, but wanted to take some time and honor the lady who was instrumental in shaping the man I am today. Um, so I'm going to re- go with that and talk about your, was she instrumental in your, um, in you becoming a Christian and your testimony? I'd like to end this, end the interview kind of like with that topic. Your testimony as compared to your grandmother because it seems to me that reading about on your facebook page um talking about your grandmother and what how amazing she was in in your life so if you could share with us fans about that
1: yeah i mean she was you know she was like my second mom basically um she would you know babysit me every day when when i was a kid when i was super young and uh she just she always had joy um you know whenever whenever we'd go over there her her and my grandpa we, they'd just always have fun and be joking around and being goofy and i i still remember them like dancing uh like they 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 did line dancing and they did you know country western dancing and you could just tell like that was the model like they they were so they were best friends and they were in love until the, the day that they passed and that's something that and they had fun with each other like they they always were goofy and made each other laugh and i feel like that's a lot of a lot of times when people get married you know they just become roommates especially when they have kids it's like they they lose the the husband and the wife aspect and they're just parents now so i mean i have a 5 year old and i have a 2 year old and it's tough sometimes for me to not fall into that rut with with my wife so um i definitely look at look at them as the pattern for um just you know true happiness and uh friendship and love and just partnership and, and, uh, team, team, teamwork, I guess you could say, um, they were always on each other's side and they were always, they did everything together. And, um, my wife and I are kind of the same way. Like we run a business together. So we're, we see each other darn near 24 hours a day. Um, and so, and we love it. Like we, we hang out on the weekends, we do date nights, like we, we hang, I, I don't, go and hang out with my, my with my guy friends and she doesn't do that with her girlfriends we do everything together and um it, it's weird i mean that's not normal it's not natural so i definitely picked that up from from my from my grandpa and grandma and just the fact that they obviously were believers um that that was a huge huge impact on my life as well especially as i grew older and kind of you know my walk with the lord became stronger and stronger and we could finally you know kind of talk more at an intelligent level about those things um so they they were the model they, they were my role models for how to treat each other how to always just be joyful and happy and enthusiastic and just be kind to people and and kind of be high on life i guess you could say so learned a lot from them and um you know i i, I wouldn't i couldn't imagine where i'd be without having them in my lives
0: so thank you for your opportunity and thank you for the hour and almost a half that you spent with us is there anything you could just closing with all the fans where you're going to be how they can see you and then we're going to i'll play an exit song but don't go anywhere don't get off the thing i'll beat you back in the lobby so that dude it's your it's your time
1: yeah no thank you guys so much i appreciate letting let me come on and, and talk about wrestling but more importantly talk about uh my faith um it's it's a huge thing for me, obviously. So I'm um, appreciate you guys appreciate all the fans that got to listen. Um, social media is at, at the Jamie Stanley um, or facebook.com slash the Jamie Stanley. Um, you can check out my school. If you're ever in the area, I uh, feel free to stop by. Like I said, we're in Orlando, but uh, social media on Instagram, it's the Hawk underscore pro the HLC, which stands for house of champions, underscore pro. Um, we're on Facebook as well. I um, mean for any aspiring wrestlers who want to come out and try, you get your first class for free. You can come out and, and try us out and see what you uh see if you cut out for it or not. See how see how much you like it. But uh yeah, uh, you know, Jamie Stanley ain't done. He might pop up on TV here or there. So uh feel free to please follow and uh interact. I'm I'm very um open and, and honest with my with my uh fans with interacting with them so i love to uh hear the encouragement i love to hear from you guys and i will definitely uh you know write back to you so um blessings to you guys thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, we're just getting started baby
0: huge pop pressing podcast thank you jamie stanley thank you nikki d for coming on board thank you huge pop wrestling fans um love you guys and we are back and we took a couple of weeks off but we're back and we're ready to go so Thank you, guys. Stay in
2: the lobby. All oh, my dogs, make some noise up in this house!
1: Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the grind. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then you head's it not out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of the So you know what's going down And when the drive by's coming Then you better hit the ground when your body hits the canvas, Then your ass is high, Fight with Adrian Whisper It's like a fight with the
2: devil Because when he's dealing with you You cannot get on this level a Fight with Adrian Whisper It's like a fight with a king It's like a fight with an army They got the tanks and everything He's leaving, leaving roses and stitches Possibly leaving your cripple Cause when he sets up the table And sends you straight through the middle Six the free be down ass with a life or leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull who is in the house who is in